Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs or Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. Please subscribe. Please listen to the episodes, guys. Give good reviews for the entrepreneurs you're on here listening for. It helps their episode. It's algorithm-based. So the more likes, the more comments. Obviously, the better the episode does on their behalf or on behalf of the show. So I appreciate all of that. And I love you guys and appreciate you doing the show with us. So with that being said, I have Erica Rankin from Brodo. She is also in the Arate Syndicate with me. So how are you doing today, Erica? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You're very welcome. So Erica, tell me your story. Like, How did you end up? What's your background? Um, you're obviously in Canada. And how did you end up becoming a food entrepreneur? The long version. Okay, the long version. So yeah, in 2017, I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology um, from university. And I was looking at pursuing my master's degree. And I decided to take a little bit of a break just because school is expensive. And I would have to pay for that um, with my own money. So I started working a nine to five job in my field. I was working for an aging study as a research assistant, was surrounded by, you know, like I was in a cubicle, was surrounded by a lot of older, um, I guess, individuals that have worked at this organization for years. And I was new, I was there for about a year and a half. And I started listening to a podcast called the MFCEO project uh, in 2017 and 2018 at my desk every day. And that kind of opened my eyes to entrepreneurship and that it's a viable path that pretty much anyone can take. And I was getting so inspired and so motivated that when it came to renewing my contract after a year, I decided to quit. Um, and I went backpacking for about three months through Southeast Asia. And on that trip, I met entrepreneurs. Um, and there were all different types of people doing different things with little to no experience. Like I met a uh, guy who used to be a lawyer and he left that profession to pursue real estate. He was building these immaculate houses on properties in Thailand. Um, I met a high school dropout who had a moving company. Uh, and I guess that kind of planted the seed in my head. Um, and I got home, sat down with myself, wrote down all the things that I love and figured out how I could monetize that. And food is something that I've always really loved. I've always been really passionate about. I competed in bodybuilding back in 2018 and um, a lot of the sweets that I would have to, or I, I would eat normally, um, I couldn't eat because I was on a strict diet. So I would just make healthier versions of them. And one of them was a healthier protein cookie dough. I used to make these cookie dough bites. Um, and then fast forward to 2019, I basically launched a version of that product into the market called Brodo. Okay, um, let's go back to this. So Andy Frisella, uh, MFCO, was actually your catalyst to be an entrepreneur. I just want to talk about the impact of that alone, of him doing the show, the long-term impact on the world and planting that seed and what happened with you. Just for just this, I'm like blown away by this. So that was literally, Andy Frisella was literally your catalyst? Yeah, it was really interesting because I... You know, like I studied really hard. I got really good grades and I applied for this job and the interview process was super intense. There was three people in a boardroom and they were taking turns asking me questions and I expected to have a salary and, you know, have benefits. And then I actually got the job and it was minimum wage 
I was doing stuff like photocopying, answering phones, data entry, stuff that pretty much anyone could do. You did not need a degree for. So I was just really bummed about that. um, And I felt kind of misled. And then I realized how broken the system was. And I wanted to start listening to podcasts. And I think somehow um, I came across the MFCEO project on Spotify. And I clicked it. And then I listened to an episode every day at my desk. I was just kind of learning and hearing him interview different entrepreneurs and kind of learning about that world because I grew up in a very small town and never had been exposed to it. I didn't know that it was something that I could do. Um, So that just really opened my eyes. And then even like looking into first form and what he was building and his story, it was, you know, like super inspiring. And there are millions of people that will say the same thing. He's had a huge impact on others and it's like a ripple effect as well, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, that kind of started it all. Well, and they, they've relaunched the MF CEO. I know Vaughn and him have relaunched it. So it is out there. And I, anyone listening in like, yes, you should go listen to that podcast. Like I've listened to all of it. I am also an Arate with Erica. Um, you know, Ed and Andy are huge catalysts in my own life. Um, even the success that I've had or companies that I built, like they're just constantly pushing harder and constantly like just in these states of, you know, ingenuity, I would say, and advancement just in the human mind alone. um, That is just so cool as a business person and entrepreneur that I love it. And as a psychology major at the university, I've got to imagine there's a lot of this stuff where you're like, yeah, wow, like this really relates to both business and being an entrepreneur. So um, what they're saying anyway, like, equanimity and composure like I all those things in flow states and I'm just like I get all of it it's like these perfect balances so not to get too far in the weeds let's um let me go back a second so as you're like becoming an entrepreneur why have you always been into sports where did the bodybuilding thing come from uh so no actually I uh I grew up as like a chubby kid who hated sports (laughs) I had horses growing up um and that like that's how I spent most of my childhood was showing uh competitively I had like these Shetland ponies um and then in university uh, my roommate she competed in bodybuilding and she was getting like really into fitness and I had just started my fitness journey I was going to the gym and doing cardio and you know um And then I kind of uh, got very into fitness and I'm a very extreme person. Like if I do something, I'm going to do it all the way. And I wanted to really challenge myself. So um, I hired a coach, I prepped for like a year and a half, and then I ended up stepping on stage twice in 2018. Um, And then shortly after is when I quit my job and then like backpacking. (laughs) This is very cool. So let's talk about your experience in Asia as like a transitional point, like in, I don't know if you said Thailand, but I'm imagining Thailand for some reason. But um, help me understand this transitional point because like I've been in one recently myself, but there's a transition that's going on here. You're sort of just leaving. You're, you're, you don't know where you're going, but you decide you're just going to stop what you're doing and leave to go figure out what you're going to do. So tell me about that sort of venture most people wouldn't have the bravery to do that number one or be bold enough to do it so what like what was going on there i was just really unhappy and that was kind of the driving force of it all um like i at the same time i was working my nine to five and then at night i would go into a bakery and i would work there till 11 and then on the weekends i would do personal training 
And I kind of took a step back and looked at the bigger picture and asked myself, like, do I want this for the rest of my life? Do I want to be working and struggling? And I was living with my parents and it just kind of felt messed up because I had worked so hard for my degree. And then I was told, oh, if you want to like get a salary or get a pay increase, you're going to have to go get another degree and then, you know, get your PhD and then you're going to be in debt till you're 35. So I just didn't want that for myself. The things that I wanted, I no longer did. And I kind of saw things for what they were. Um, and I just wanted more for myself. So I booked the trip and I think I was just hoping that it would answer some questions that I had. I had, I guess, an existential crisis in my early twenties and I was only supposed to go for one month. And then I ended up going for three just because I was so in love with it. And, um, it was nice because again, like I grew up in a small town of like 25,000 people and uh, I never really got the um, opportunity to immerse myself in a different culture. So I grew up very privileged. Um, and I know that and I recognize that. So I think like going to Thailand and Malaysia and Indonesia, like really opened my eyes. Um, it made me appreciate what I had. And, you know, I came back with a fresh perspective. And then even the encounters that I had with different people. And when I started speaking to people who are entrepreneurs and building their own thing, the way that they spoke about themselves and their life and what they were doing. Like you could see it, you could feel the energy. Like I'd never experienced that before with anyone that I worked with. Everyone was very, um, I don't know, comfortable and not happy. Like they were having the five out of tens, never the 10 out of tens. And I was meeting these people and they were so excited and so passionate. And I wanted that for myself. And I guess I did kind of find myself on that trip. Um, I know a lot of people go through the same thing, but I think traveling alone and going into a different culture is so important and everyone should do it. I, I agree. So I'm going to anchor some points here for the audience. One is um, like your energy changed once you started listening to the podcast, like a light bulb, a light went off that couldn't be turned back off. A light went on that couldn't be turned off. And the... Um, I forget what the actual saying is, sorry. But that's one of these important things. And then with that, you started this mindset and this journey that made you more entrepreneurial, which is laws of attraction. Erica became more attractive, but not in a, this romantic way that we're thinking about, but in the way that's attracting the laws of attraction for her to be an entrepreneur, even as she goes overseas, she's seeing these entrepreneurs come into her life. Why? One, she's now in this mind space, but two, it's because of what's being attracted to her and who's being, and she's being attracted to because she's seeking it. And I think that's important for the audience. Like these mindset switches or these catalyst moments where we allow someone to influence us, even if it's through a podcast, change our lives and for the better. And if they're in a positive way or they're in a way that is true to us and not exploiting others, for lack of a better term. And so that's an important thing that I think that happened there. The second thing is the happiness of the entrepreneur. And this is everyone's attracted to entrepreneurism because they think it's about the money. Because in a weird way, we attach the aura and the mindset of successful entrepreneurs to the money. It must be the money. They got money. That's what made them happy. But the money is actually a trophy. And it's, it's there and it's the reward. But the happiness came a long time before the money for most entrepreneurs. And most entrepreneurs have the happiness and don't ever actually get the money 
fully. They just make sure they get enough. They make enough to get by. It's very humbling. They take care of their family. They put their kids through school and they choose to have entrepreneur life to also have time to do the other things that they want. So it's not, their drive isn't to build a massive $300 million company. I wish everyone had that drive, but I understand balance also. So my point being this, um, that the, the, the thing that everyone's attracted to, that aura, that happiness, that joy is actually being able to have control of our own destiny and understand that we're, as entrepreneurs, we see the system as broken. It's not that we're the broken ones trying to work outside the lines in a system to create businesses. It's that we're trying to fix what's actually going on by doing it in an entrepreneurial way. And we actually are spreading freedom and free markets and sovereignty this is the word I believe you use self-sovereignty um, through entrepreneurism and so that's just something I want to anchor for everyone it's that's the attractive part I know everyone thinks it's the money or the cars or the houses that eventually everyone gets it's actually not really what it is you're attracted to the human uh, the money's just the thing and get it there's money hungry people and greed and all of that but I'm just saying it came later so most of the time yeah it's so true so erica let's talk about brodo let's talk about how you develop the flavors what are the flavors how do people get your product um and like where's this journey going to take you yeah so i launched it literally like three months before the world turned upside down in december 2019 um and i threw a bunch of things in a bowl. I was experimenting with different things, got friends and family to taste test. Um, I got tons of feedback from people regarding flavors and I launched with four flavors into the market. And then I ended up having like the time, I think I had 15 at the most. Um, and I was making this myself in a commercial kitchen. And then I graduated and switched to a manufacturer um, in 2021. And I had to cut back to four flavors, which are chocolate chip, um, tuxedo brownie, which is like a cocoa infused dough with white chocolate cookies and cream, um, which essentially has Oreos, but I'm not allowed to say that cause you know, Oreo, <laughs> um, and then pinata party, which is like similar to birthday cake. Um, and we're in Canada. We're not in the U S yet. We're in about a hundred stores in Ontario. I'm based out of Toronto. Um, however, we are pivoting and making some changes with the product in Canada and we're launching a new product online in the u.s it's actually being manufactured in texas um and that'll be launching hopefully in march or april well that's cool very cool so do you ship direct out of canada or is it all just through i guess grocery stores or just um convenience stores or whatever they would be called in canada specialty stores so i ship online um but the issue that i faced like it's a frozen product and it's one thing to ship it in the winter that's totally fine but in the summer people put in wrong addresses or they're not home or um there's a lot of things that can cause issues with that um so i do ship online but primarily it is in store so i work with the distributor and they sell to um all of the grocery stores around here and they actually they have national reach so when i'm ready i can launch out west which western canada would be like british columbia very cool. So let's talk about how you're building a business. You had to build a website. You had to find a co-packer. 
uh, let's talk about like how, let's talk about these steps in a maybe a little more specific way because most entrepreneurs would get so lost in this process yet you're moving along fairly well. How did you go about finding someone in the United States, for example? How did you go about finding a kitchen to produce your product in in Canada? Like, let's just maybe walk through that a little bit. Yeah, it's honestly the first thing I did when I got back from my trip in 2019 was I Googled business workshop near me and I drove 40 minutes to, it's called the Brantford Resource Center. And um, there's just a bunch of free workshops. I learned how to market a product, how to manage cash flow. Um, what else did they have in there? They had a, yeah, how to write a business plan. So they had a template. And from there, um, I just was Googling um different commercial kitchens that I could rent and I couldn't afford to live in Toronto at the time. So I picked another city, which was Ottawa. So I packed my life up in my car and I drove six hours to a new city and I found a roommate online that I had never met before. And I moved in with her so I could start my business in Ottawa. Um, Cause it was just a lot cheaper. The rates in the kitchen were cheaper. Um, there was just a lot more available for me out that way. So that's how I started. And then I kind of just, took things as they came and I bootstrapped. I did everything myself for the first two years as a one woman show. And it got to a point where I didn't know how to take it from, you know, um, point A to point B. I had never like, you know, I'm a first time founder. I have no food or CPG, like consumer package goods experience. Um, so the thing that I did in turn to was LinkedIn and I went on there. I think I had 12 connections at the time in 2020 and I just started networking and reaching out to people. And I went into my cupboard in my kitchen and I was looking at all the products that I consume and the products that I love. And then I researched who their team was and who was on their team. And they connected with them and I started messaging them. And a lot of them were very receptive and they got on calls with me and they gave me advice. And some of them are still mentors to my day. So that's kind of how I figured it out was just by reaching out to people and asking for help and trying to absorb as much knowledge as I possibly can. So this is crazy to me. Like you're just like, well, not that, okay, I say that, but I realized that I just did it by moving to Nashville, like not too long ago. It's like whatever that <laughs> was. So, um, and changing my life for, and chasing dreams and starting new businesses. So, um, wow. I, but you picked a roommate, you didn't know him. Like you started a business in a new city, like, was it lonely? Like, let's talk about the entrepreneurial loneliness. Like you have no friends there. You don't really know anyone and you're also trying to start a business. So what was that like? It was really hard. Um, I did have a friend group there. Like I knew some people, but they all worked for the government. So they didn't really understand what it was that I was doing <laughs> and I couldn't really get advice from them. So I would come to them with my problems and they'd be like, okay, well, you're smart. You'll figure it out, you know, or like, let's go for sangria at noon, you know, on a patio. And I'm like, that's not going to solve my problem. So, um, it was really tough. And again, like me trying to be resourceful and, find the things that I need I downloaded Bumble and they have like Bumble BFF which is like a friendship app and I met my best friend on that app <laughs> and she's an entrepreneur and I'm actually going to Mexico with her on Saturday so um yeah that's and then through her I met a bunch of her friends who are also entrepreneurs and I kind of built out that community there um but had it had I not like reached out or sought after it I wouldn't have had it it was the same for me. I had to actually reach out and make friends here. Uh, entrepreneurs in particular. There's a few from Arite, um, 
that I've met here. And, um, but mainly it's, I had to go out and seek it. I had to like actually do the work, you know, go figure that one out. You actually had to do work to get results, but it's, um, the results (laughs) I wanted or the life I wanted, but it's true. And you have to go seek it. And really it was interesting to me because it was, I found a lot of that too. Like the people that I, the humans that I initially met were in jobs or in careers, even in music that were very corporate and very, or in the government here because it's the capital. And it's very much like that was like that for me too, where like, I'm like doing things, but I'm used to be surrounded by entrepreneurial people and in entrepreneurial relationships. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? And like, did I make the right choice? You know, and it was, I did have to go through and I do know the BFF thing on Bumble. And that's a way that's the, like, there's tools, you just have to use them. And um, it's pretty cool. So from there, that's really cool, actually. Um, Are you still in Ottawa? Like, Like, how did that transition happen? Are you back in Toronto? So, yeah, my manufacturer is in Toronto, so I ended up moving back this way. Um, and I still uh, have my, my friends from Ottawa, and I have, there's more of a, like, a stronger community here, I think, um, in terms of, like, entrepreneurship, which is really great. So I've joined a lot of different, uh, yeah, communities, online communities and in-person ones. Very cool. Um, we're... Like you've talked about Brodo in, in the U.S. Um, what is like your long-term goals? Like what, where do you hope this goes? Do you hope it becomes an international brand? Like what are sort of some of the things that you want? Are you hoping that it, you're expanding in food entrepreneurism outside of just this, this area? I mean, where does your mind go? Yeah, you know what, like, I guess things kind of change as things progress. Initially, like I started this business out of, you know, me just wanting to build something for myself and be my own boss and, um, you know, create a healthier product that people can enjoy. But I want to build like a really awesome team full of passionate, like hardworking people and like enjoy the journey. And I don't really have like an end goal, but I want it to be like an iconic national international brand um and i want it to be recognized you know like i want it to be in kids lunches and i want it to be in like you know the average gym goers gym bag as a snack um that's kind of where i want to take it and i know it's going to take time to get there but i guess that's the bigger picture for it yeah i like that a lot what's your uh let's change topics a little bit what as you're building this business I, we talk a lot in Arite about core values and we talk a lot about core values of the humans and which i would call our character building but what are some of those things that are important to you as an entrepreneur some of those soft things that you think are important that you're going to have to ingrain into your business and what your business is going to stand for as you employ people or what you look for in a co-packer even like what is that level of integrity maybe let's talk about that a little bit yeah, in terms of, it's very interesting because we did learn about this in Arte and I actually, I had my first hire um, last year in the summer and the interview process for me, I was asking questions about their skills. I was never asking about the person, um, which was the mistake that I made as a startup. Um, and I had someone come on who had all the skills, checked all the boxes, but wasn't equipped to work in a startup um, and didn't have a lot of the same values that I wanted people in the company to have. So he ended up leaving and working for a different company. And then the second time around that I interviewed, um, 
individuals to come on and work for Roto. Um, I asked, I ended every interview with the question, what are three things that are really important to you? Um, cause I think that says a lot about a person. Um, and like one big thing, like that, I, that I really want, um, everyone to have around me is like always trying to better themselves. Like I know personal development is extremely important. It's important to me and I always want to learn and initiative is another one. Like I want people to show up and do things and I don't want to have to tell people to do things all the time. And I know Andy talks about this as well. Like taking initiative is huge. Um, and I'm really blessed because I have a new hire, like a new employee that came on um, in the fall and that's all he's done. And he's shown up in so many ways um, that I never really even expected. And it's really cool to see. So just to continue to have more people around like that, who are trying to better themselves. Um, I think that's really awesome. It's interesting because I have a two-sided thing on this going on right now. And I like this topic a lot, Erica. And it's exactly what you said. Number one, like the core value and the characters characteristics of the human is very important. And I mentor and coach. A mentor is where like it's a two-way relationship. So I guess that's most of my relationships. Even if I'm coaching someone 20 years younger than me, it ends up being a mentorship in some ways, just because there's a lot of things I don't understand about the modern world as a 20-year-old would understand it. And so, and I'm 43, just so we add how old I am. (laughs) And it seems, I feel like I'm 20, just so everyone's aware, like I live in that state, like I'm hyper-functional, positive, have more energy than most 20-year-olds, but I live in personal development and health and all these sort of balances that most people don't live by. So there's that. But my point being this is there's a two-way relationship in learning. And it's interesting that you're talking about this because I think part of being an entrepreneur and part of your business growing and having successful family and having a successful business is aligning all of these things properly and surrounding yourselves with the right group of individuals. And if you're ever in a transition stage and you enter into one of these states and you you start to change your friend group in this way, and there's just there's a lot of hardship and a lot of heartbreak, it's usually because you're just shedding the layers of the non-positive, the non-human, the humans that don't align with your viewpoint at that point. It's not necessarily they're bad or good or different. It's just you, you're going into a hyper-functional state. I don't know how else to describe it because as entrepreneurs, to Erica's point, we do things with intent. So if we're intentionally going that way, I can if I think about it for too long, there's no intent. I'm intentionally doing nothing. I'm just thinking about it. I'm in a stagnant form of mediocrity. And so there's that. And so like the intent is very important because it gets us started. It helps us take initiative uh, to what you were saying, take initiative. And so what is our intent? You know, what are we trying to do? But we've got to take initiative to get there. And if we never actually start it, we never get anywhere. So this is a really funny thing because at this point in my life, 24 years as a food entrepreneur, many years as an entrepreneur when I was a kid and mowing lawns and and fruit stands and so on and so forth, that like I, by the sheer fact that I have no fear and I jump in and I'm able to pivot quickly and get out of it if I make a mistake quickly because I now have that skill too, um, or pivot on it. I wouldn't say get out of it. It's generally once I'm in, I know I'm in and I just have to pivot. I'm, I've made the commitment. 
and I know there's some way to go that I need to go in a direction that is beneficial to everyone in the world around me. But I do know this, every direction I go with intent and take initiative, it's, I know I'm going to grow the humans around me in some way, or the business is going to help create jobs or fulfill dreams. And so I think that that's part of it is what do they want or what do they stand for? Or what do they believe in? Or, you know, what would they do in XYZ scenario that actually requires a moral and ethical decision and it's everyone's moral and ethical decision may be different but the one that you're getting your team members to answer has got to be the ones that align with your business and who you are as an entrepreneur because you don't want to be at a tug of war all the time and i'm saying yes people i'm just saying you want people to disagree with you but it be in the same core value alignment um generally that means like like you said take initiative or go the extra mile or don't be mediocre, whatever it would be. And so, mm-hmm. Erica, what is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur at this point? I guess, yeah, seeing the people around me try to like level up, you know? And I'm sure you can relate to this, um, whether it be like with their fitness or, you know, um, the way they treat the people in their lives. Um, like for me, I'm trying to live an abundant life. Like it's not just about business. Like I want to show up better, um, in my relationships. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better sister. Um, you know, um, and I think since I started my business, I'm starting to recognize how important all of those things are, not just building the business, but I think showing people like what's key, what they're capable of and that they don't need to settle, um, and that they can do literally anything. And that's like what inspired me with Andy is, you know, like, his story and what he went through. And I was under the impression for so long, like in order to, you know, be, have a business or build a business, you needed um, a business degree or you needed to be brought up in a family that had entrepreneurs as parents or, you know, like you needed to have something there already, which isn't the case at all. Anyone can do anything at any age. You could jump into a completely different industry and just figure it out as you go. If that's something you really want to pursue, you totally can and exactly. And there's enough resources now where I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, but I can literally instill in someone who's around me long enough the same skills that I've had in 24 years in a very short period of time. And it's because I align core values. And that's the discipline, the consistency, the showing up like Erica's talking about. That's the difference, guys. It's it's really that. It doesn't matter what family you come from or what your background is or what I learned. I learned from my family discipline and consistency. Okay, anyone can learn that, you know, in an entrepreneurial family. So I agree with you, Erica, 100%. Anyone can do it, and it starts with showing up. And that's like for the people I mentor, or the humans I mentor, and the you know, whether they're musicians, athletes, entrepreneurs, I show up for them. Like, why do you show up? You don't have time for this. This is a waste of your time. No, you're missing it. Just wait. The light bulb will go off eventually on what I'm doing and the belief that I have in you and that you will have in yourself. And then you'll start to recognize that I show up for you all the time, like no one else. And that all I'm doing is I'm going to show you what it's like to show up for someone else. And I'm showing you what it's like to show up for yourself because I'm doing it for myself too because this is how I live my life now. I'm a networker. I grow my environment. I try to grow the people around me positively for the future and a legacy long after I'm gone, hopefully. And so like my my dynamic changed, but every entrepreneur that really finds joy and happiness attaches it to the growth of the world around them, honestly, in a positive way, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. 
I like this. Um, very cool. If you could tell anyone anything that's starting off as an entrepreneur, um, tools that they should use, including the MF CEO, like what are some of those things if you could just give them, Erica? Because you've just, you've really, I don't want to say shortcutted it, but you've been able to use the tools to get yourself along faster than most humans would have in your situation. I guess like uh, food and beverage specific, like I've tapped into a lot of those resources. Like there's another podcast called Taste Radio and I used to listen to those um, episodes and uh, they just have the founders come on and talk about their story and how they built their businesses. And a lot of them have had exits and like you just see the exit and um, hear about all of that, all the shiny stuff, but then you actually get to dig into their story and hear about all the adversities that they faced um, to get there. So that was a really great tool. Um, I'm a part of a community called Startup CPG. They just surpassed like 10,000 members and they're great for folks who have food and beverage brands, lots of resources there. And then honestly, just like, you know, getting over the fear of asking for help and um, looking up like the, the people that I look up to and reaching out to them and asking them for um, advice and just getting on calls and trying to help, you know, others and then have it reciprocated, like just you know, um, leveraging communities and the really awesome thing, like kind of touching on what you just talked about, like, um, mentoring, like I reached out, I had people mentor me and I realized how big of an impact that had on me. And now I want to do that. And I devote time to mentoring, um, founders who are, you know, they, they're where I was. Um, and it feels really good. And it's nice to know that I'm, you know, making a difference. And even if I can help prevent them from making the same mistakes that I made, I think that's a win in itself. So. Yeah, I've been able to use like an anxiety thing that I have as and, and use that anxiety and trigger it to be a way where like, if I don't give back to the universe, and I don't keep paying for it, I'm never going to keep what I have. Like I have to keep growing and giving back and growing those around me in order to grow myself, which is 100% what I'm seeing. But I've made it like a weird thing. Like if I don't do it, I almost like have anxiety, like I'm not achieving something. And it's a very weird check for me. And I don't live in anxiety at any point. Because I want to ask you the next question is you were talking about living in, I don't think you said abundance, but I think you said something about balance and having well-roundedness um, in terms of your relationships and your business and friendships and stuff like that. So where you are as an entrepreneur and growing your business, how are you balancing that and spending the time with your family or pursuing a relationship or whatever it is that you are doing, the things that are tend to be outside of the entrepreneurial business that we're building? Although an entrepreneurial life is all things encompassing, weirdly, but in terms of balancing... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know about balancing if that's a thing, really. It's tough. Um, there's when I first started the business, I didn't really understand like how to function as a business owner. Like I caught, got, got caught up in the hustle culture and thought you needed to wake up at the crack of dawn, work all day, go to bed at like 1am, wake up again, like, you know, not take the time to make a nice meal, skip the workout. Um, and obviously like that does, nothing for like anyone right like you need to take care of yourself and I found that the more I pour into myself the more I can pour into other areas of my life so now I have non-negotiables like I wake up and I work out for 45 minutes every single morning um that's a non-negotiable for me 
I make sure to like check in with my friends regularly and send them a message. Like, even though I can't hang out with them all the time, just letting them know that like I'm thinking of them. Um, and we always make an effort to spend time with each other. Same with like my parents and stuff. I try to go home and see them. Um, I am very lucky in a sense where I don't have like kids or a partner or anything. So it is a little bit easier for me. Um, but it can be difficult for sure. So what oh, this is going to be my last question. Um, you're obviously very tuned into being a leader and giving back to the community. And you're obviously trying to model something and you're living by example. Can you just tell me what those core values are inside of you that, that you model or you feel that are your superpowers? Um, just out of curiosity. Yeah, I guess I just want to show up the best I can like every single day. And people ask me like, what does success look like to you? Does it look like a $10 million business or does it look like having a team of 50 people or like, it's none of that stuff really. It's just knowing that I like did what I could in a day and did it to the best of my abilities. Um, and hopefully inspiring others to do the same thing. And, you know, tying into like what Ed Milet says, caught, not taught, right? Like you can teach people all you want, but if, you know, like they're not usually, or most of them don't apply what you teach them. But if you're doing things and you're leading by example, a lot of people are going to see that and they're going to model after it. So I think that's just my goal as a leader is to show up the best I can in all areas of my life and hopefully get other people to do the same for themselves. Yeah, that's my strong suit also. Like I'm strong at showing up and I'm strong at patience. And I'm also good at like using my cell phone as a tool wherever I am and wherever I am, I can like run my whole life on a cell phone at this point, which is kind of crazy fact because that was not my life when I started a business 24 years ago. And so I, to your point, Erica, I think the strongest thing that we can do as humans is just show up for everyone. And showing up for everyone is, is such a leading by example, because that's what we need to do at work. Like we just, we should show up for work. No one actually shows up every day for work anymore. Like no one actually gets an award for not having any absences and things like that. So I think that what you're talking about and your super uh, power is something that I can relate to for sure. And that is that showing up for people, showing that there is someone that believes in them or is that willing to be there for them. And I always talk about this a lot. It's like everyone thinks like if someone wants to show up for me, showing up on a Sunday and taking up eight hours of my time is not showing up for me. I get it. You're there. I appreciate it. And I want to spend that time for you. But actually showing up for me and who I am is like maybe it's only two hours a week, but it's like, okay, let's meet for a quick chat and some appetizers on a Tuesday and catch up as entrepreneurs. And maybe on Sunday we go play tennis or something. I don't play tennis, but that's just what I'm saying. And so that to me is different because I'd rather have the quantity of time, quantity of times versus the quantity of time. And that's just a weird thing for me. And I learned that from having stepkids and taking them to soccer practice. Like there's so much value and seeing the patterns in their life and being able to be a friend in the patterns and showing up all the time because the patterns are what go wrong. The, the inconsistencies in our life are what leads to the bad behaviors or the problems or the financial problems or why we're unhappy. And so to Erica's point, I found that developing a superpower of showing up 
the number of times versus the amount of time. So even if it's two hours a week versus eight hours a week, I can see consistency in those two hours or see the person twice. Or maybe if I am dedicated, it's three times or I see them at work every day. Wow. And I'm actually the entrepreneur running, you know, a business that is making their dreams come true. Like that's 40 hours a week. Possibly I have influence on them at least, you know, that I could spend more than an hour with them a week if I wanted to just influencing them by my behavior, not even actually taking my direct time. And guess what? If I have 50 employees, it's way more effective to show up for them and be disciplined and get your hands dirty every once in a while than it is to try to coach each one of them for an hour every day or every week or every month. It's just saying like, there's so much more to it. It's why I think we talked about Annie. I mean, they talk about clean the toilets, sweep your own floors, take out your own trash because like that is the showing up part also. And it's showing consistency. So really cool, Erica. I, I, Really, I want to get to know you more just because like I think that you're in a food space and like you're about to capitalize on the world and being that there's not many food entrepreneurs that are operating at your level at this point and where you want to go. I would love to do another podcast with you in a few months as you launch in the United States and get to know you more and have the audience get to know you more for sure. I will obviously reach out to you outside for Arite. Um, and stuff like that because I just am curious about some other parts of your journey as an entrepreneur and maybe there's some ways that I could help you um, or you could help me I don't know I guess grow each other uh, from an entrepreneurial yeah. standpoint and for sure yeah let's do it yeah absolutely and you're a really cool person and I think that number one as a food entrepreneur your voice is huge number two like your journey was so decisive in a way and you just took the bull by the horns for lack of a better term that I think there's so many young people that are so scared but there's no better time when you're young to make these decisions like when you have kids or you have a wife or you have a family you can't make these decisions so mm-hmm. you know or you can it's just hopefully they're on board with it as yeah, guess yeah. as an entrepreneur yeah. they are on board with it but if you're trying to be an entrepreneur you're going to introduce an entrepreneurial life to a pattern and a a consistency that's just not used to it. So, mm-hmm. all right, Erica, will you tell everyone where they can find you online again and what your social media is? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you can follow me, Life of Erica. It's a zero instead of an O and of. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Erica Rankin, Erica with a C. Um, and then, yeah, my company is Brodo Canada on uh, Instagram and Very cool. And thank you everyone for listening in. If you've listened to the podcast and you like it, please share it, give a review. If you know Erica, write her something happy in the notes and give her a five-star review (laughs) or the episode. I always appreciate you guys. You know, this is a podcast we just record. We keep it authentic as possible. We edit out pieces, but generally they're edited at the individual's part, not the whole conversation. And if that makes sense. So, um, you know, this is is what we're trying to do is have real conversations with real entrepreneurs um, and have real questions. I think Erica is just really someone that has demonstrated what it means to just life is too short to, to waste time. And it doesn't matter how old you are. There's tools out there. Once you make the decision to move forward, once you start the momentum, there's enough tools out there to keep that momentum for you as an entrepreneur.
And so that's what I'm going to leave everyone with. I'm not going to go into a long commentary to end this one. It's just get started, take the initiative. There's enough tools out there. Your age doesn't matter, but at the same time, if you're young and you're listening to this entrepreneur podcast, you probably want to go do what Erica did is discover yourself, discover your entrepreneurial journey. I talk about being in Nashville all the time. It's like I'm a boxer. It's like I'm a young entrepreneur again. I'm finding myself with young entrepreneurs in their 20s and 30s that are in the fight again that have reignited my fight in a way and giving me purpose that I sort of got comfortable in ways that I didn't even realize. You know, So it's always good to level up. It's always good to adjust your mental toughness, especially once you've already been an entrepreneur. But if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, take the initiative. You will be levels up of the humans around you just for the sake that you get used to being brave, bold, and taking risks. And it's in this world, not many people take risks. So... Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, Listen to us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And uh, if you want to be on the podcast, reach out to us on Instagram, just the food entrepreneurs. You can also DM us or text the telephone number that's on Instagram. Thank you guys. And we're out.